and remembering if you are uh, a host for this week, then you have more of those questions answered. So I want to for sure hear from you, but this is not just reliant on the host carrying the conversation. I want to hear from everybody um, as we discuss. So uh, with that being said to everyone, is there, we did, I did start it. Uh, happy you birthday, never told I told you. Um, yes, we did start. So we, I want to go over just again, uh, what are, because we have five of them, what are ones that stuck out to you? And that could be, this is a question for everybody. So things that stuck out to you and why did it stick out to you particularly this week in your reading? <coughs> Which statement stuck out to you and for what reason? <laughs> Everybody. It's all right. It's all right. And that could be for whatever reason. It could be like, I just don't like it. I disagree with it. Uh, or I've never thought about that before. Or I actually think I say that statement and I didn't know that it was offensive or whatever reason. Uh, what is one that stuck out to you and for why? Why did it stick out to you? I thought 18 was pretty interesting because um, it's more, it's not in defense of yourself, it's in defense of somebody else who said something that, like, um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was so kind. He or she didn't is a good person and they didn't mean anything by it. You're, like, speaking up for somebody else who's may have said some, another dumb thing. And I don't know, I just thought it was, I didn't see a bad invention in it, but... Right. You're just trying to stick up for a friend. Got it. It might be, uh, I think we might be mistagging it if we're just saying sticking up for someone else. Um, but it could be, I think part of it is, is possibly just sticking up for somebody if they're getting thrown under the bus in a different conversation where they're not even there. But um, what what might be the, the uh, in that statement? Uh, because the, there is a good intention behind it. What might be the harm in that statement? Anybody can answer that. Yeah. Um, the author said that the harm in the statement could be that you're kind of, like, when it says, like, I, like, it's another way of saying I didn't mean it that way. Like, like just saying I didn't mean it that way and then not talking about how you meant it. Like, just saying, don't take offense to this. I did not mean it that way. Like, it's just shutting down how somebody who did get affected by it got hurt, but now it's shutting it down in a two-person way, so it's somebody else helping the person shut it down versus just the person being like, I didn't mean it that way, and then shutting it down. So it's, I think the shutdown is probably a good, good way to tag it. Uh, the reason why it's hurtful is because it's if I come and say something to you that because uh, something Becca did hurt me, and you're like, yeah, but Becca's a nice person, it's, she didn't mean it like that. Then even though you might be sticking up for Becca, you are discounting how it felt to me. Like you are like overshooting like me while I'm sitting right in front of you. So I think that's more of it than more than just like sticking up for somebody who's not here, which is, I think is, is we ought to do that. If people are getting thrown under the bus that aren't even here, that should be something that we stand up for people who are getting thrown under the bus, but there is there a distinction between the two conversations that we're talking about? Yeah. 
I know I've said that before in a way to provide balance. It's mm-hmm. always said in a way like, well, one thing to consider is this, mm-hmm. not discounting what you're feeling, but also this, and you should probably go talk to them. Sure, yeah. So I I disagree with it being in being a dumb thing mm-hmm. in that what should be happening is when that is said, it said, hey, they're prob- they probably didn't mean it that way, and you should go talk to them mm-hmm. and figure out if it, if it was meant in that way or not. Sure. Yeah, I think if there is the uh, – I think if there is the recommendation or the challenge even to go talk to them about it, maybe – there, maybe there will be a different maybe there's a misunderstanding maybe there's something that's here that isn't that isn't being communicated or between the two of you uh, I think there is part of it of like let's fix that um, I think again like these are they're so like it's a short book so like unpacking each one of these statements is kind of what we're doing in discussion and so context looks different in any number of ways Um and I think if there's part of it that's just like a conflict resolution, that's like 70% of my job as, an, as a residence director. It's like, did you even talk to the other person that you're complaining about? Like, right. But then there is also, there are things when um, things that are hurtful actions get done by other people. And then somebody else might support that person by just saying, oh, but they're a nice person. Like, you, you like. You can't complain about it. It's a, they're a nice person, right? So it's almost like, at what point do we discount? But what other points do we challenge to say, hey, go talk to that person. Like, why are you complaining to me about something that they didn't, like, you didn't even talk to them about it? So there is, like, there is the difference. There's several different contexts that this could be used in, and some of them can be harmful. And then I think some of them are just conflict resolution that needs to be, we can go talk to that person and figure it out. Yeah. I think probably the part that she's trying to come at it where it is a dumb thing where it can be harmful is uh, like she said how um, the at the first part uh, sentence of impact she says so what if the other if the person is a good person good people hurt other people all the time um, so it, it it's more of a statement of the fact that this person has caused somebody pain in some sort of way. And you're basically saying, well, they're a good person towards me, so yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're saying um, probably isn't true, is what it's kind of saying is by saying, like, they probably didn't mean it that way, is saying, like, well, you're probably wrong about what you're feeling, right. so let's not talk about it. Um, it's just kind of discounting how the situation made the other person feel, um, even though it's a situation which most likely you weren't even involved in. Mm-hmm. So you can't really say how something went down or how what somebody meant. Um, because it seems like it's as if this, this the way this um, dumb thing would be said would be in a conversation where somebody's coming up to you and saying, man, somebody said this person said this to me, and it just, it really bothered me. Uh, it really hurt me. And you're like, you just respond by saying, oh, well, I think that person's a good person, so they probably didn't mean it that way. It's like, well, you you have no idea what actually happened. Like, they could be shortening the story. For all you know, they could be over-exaggerating, but that's not your situation to necessarily uh, 
say whether or not they the situation is how it is, which I think is in part um, part of the conflict management of trying to say, like, well, maybe you should talk to this person. But still, it's not our place to say whether or not someone should hold judgment on that person. Mm-hmm. Your clarifier of has always been nice, or has always been good, a good person to me, is a huge clarifier that, like, she didn't, she hasn't even mentioned in this book, but there's, like, there is that clarifier, too, mm-hmm. right, where it's, like, They've always been nice to me, so like you must be wrong, right? So it's like that idea, it's like the four parts again, right? Like we have a choice of going, well, my experience is always this, so you're wrong. Like I had the four parts. I know I had the four parts. You're you could not have had the four parts. Like that's impossible. You're you're wrong. Um and it's it's discounting that person's experience when you're just like automatically shutting them down. So I think there's a difference between shutting them down and challenging them to figure it out. <laughs> like, I think there's a difference there, right? Uh, and I think that's what makes it a difference between a dumb thing and a helpful conflict resolution step of saying, let's go figure this out, or why don't you go figure this out type of statement. And I think that all yeah. ties into like your tone of voice because the tone of voice is huge in saying if you're shutting it down or if you're actually trying to be helpful. 100%. Tone of voice does a whole lot of things. Were you trying to say something no, there? I can tell a story. I, I lost a friendship over this one mm-hmm. statement, and it really sucked. Um, so I had a friend who turned, I don't know, what's her name? Um, yeah, it's going to be that. I thought about that. <laughs> I thought about it. I, I made sure. Um, that would have been a very dumb thing. Um, so I had a friend who, um, she was friends with the girl who, um, have a lot going on at home, and like I understood that she had a lot going on at home, so she would act out in certain ways that would kind of like make her feel safe in certain ways or make her feel like she had his power. But she wouldn't do it to my friend at the time, she'd only do it to others who were friends with her to like push them away because she really liked this one friend. So I had an incident where she, because I was a mountbanker, she saw me at practice because we usually meet at school and then go ride to the place we normally have practice. And there was a part where she like pushed me off my bike because she liked my bike, so she wanted to take my bike. Um, it was a $3,200 bike. I wasn't going to let her take my bike. Um, but she pushed me off because she's much bigger than me. And I went and told my friend this because I was really upset and like this whole incident had happened and like she, like, Pretty much used her over her power. It's when she was one of the times that she acted out, and I was like, "Hey, like, I don't know if I feel comfortable hanging around this girl because this is what happened." And like, I was like, "You know," and she was like, "Well, she doesn't do that to me. Like, she never does that to me. So you must be lying because she never does that to me. Like, that's something that like you must have your story wrong. Like, she would never push somebody. Like, she has a lot going on at home. Why would she take a bike that's that much money and take it home? Because it wouldn't even be hers. Her parents would have sold it. Mm-hmm. Like, why would she do that? Like, that wouldn't even be for her own game. Like, she probably was just thinking about her parents or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, that still doesn't defeat. And I even, like, tried talking to her about it. Like, as more incidents came up like this, I kept talking to her about, like, my friend about it. And I tried talking to both of them at the same time. And she did play the, you must have got me wrong card because... I did not do that, even though I have 
had proof and stuff like that saying mm -hmm. that he did. Uh, and sadly, I lost my friendship over it because she obviously didn't value our friendship enough to even see the other side. But yeah. Mm -hmm. And then she just realized it like two months ago. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, like, uh, there is. can really like ruin a whole friendship. And it's really for sure. Bad. For sure. Um, like any of these statements could, if it was the right person. What other statements stuck out for whatever reason? Whether it's like, I just really disagree. Because I know you guys disagree with a bunch of them. Probably that you have such a pretty face, huh? I don't see that as a bad thing. Does anybody want to explain why? Um, Try to help. Sure. Yeah, just just yeah. a little bit. Um, I growing up, I've always like my entire family has always been on the heavier side. Um, I don't know if that's genetics or not. I'm not sure how that works. I'm not a scientist. I don't know how that works. But it's just a thing that like happens. Like a lot of people in my family are on the heavier side. And so growing up, I've had like I was like a chubbier kid. I was just growing up through middle school and high school. I was on the heavier side more than my friends, even though I did sports for literally the majority of my life since I was six years old. Like I did sports. It was just a thing that happened. And so uh I had, like, it'd be, like, guys in high school, they'd be, like, oh, like, like, you're really pretty, like, if you were, like, skinnier, or, like, oh, that's like. a different statement altogether. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> that, but that's, that that's, that's, that's the um, impact of the statement of, like, you have such a pretty face. It's, like, your face alone is pretty, but the other parts of you, like, it could be better. Um, it implies that. Yeah, it implies that if you were, if other parts of you were different, you'd be overall much more attractive. Um, and so, like, I've had, and I'd be like, "Oh, you're, you're so cute. Like, your face is adorable, or like, you have, you're such cute little chubby cheeks." I'm like. Thanks for pointing that out. Like, I know that there is extra weight on my body. I did not need you to tell me this. You know, and like, even if they are meeting it in all, all good intentions, that is, like for me, pile on principle. It is, even if they had no intention, bad intentions of um, trying to make me feel bad, they were really just trying to give me a compliment. My past experiences of what people have said to me make me think of that being as the impact. Do you think tone affects that too, the way people say it? Sometimes. It also depends on my mood. <laughs> like if I'm like having a good day, I'll be like, yeah, I know that was a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> or if I'm having a rough day, I'm like, wow, that was really degrading. Thanks. Sure. Thank you for sharing that. I think uh, I think the pylon, the, to attach that to the pylon principle on a bad day could easily be why that is offensive on some days and then there are other days when it's like, yeah, thank you for that. I needed that compliment or whatever it is. Um, so like 
understanding again, some, it, like it's important to remember for a lot of these, a lot of these statements, these dumb things that we're saying, like sometimes it's contextual. Sometimes it's literally down to how is the day going for that person that you said it to, right? Um, it could be a pile on day and that statement is just the last straw. And then there are other days or other ways of communicating that in other contexts where you could say those things, the same statement might come across very differently in a different context. So it's important to think of context and it's important to let when, like when she makes these statements and then she explains a little bit. Um, I know they're very general explanations. It's a short book again, but in each one of those, she does give ex some explanation to some of the context that we're talking about. They're not, it's not just bad to say you have a cute face. Like that's like, like just to say those words in the, in that same sentence is, is offensive is, would be stupid. But to say like, to say that those words to somebody in a certain context, um, really is hurtful. So um, we have to always pay attention to that. Other things, yes? Uh, I had a question that goes along with the like that kind of line. Mm -hmm. uh, with the body positivity movement, which I think is it's a really good thing that we are saying like all, all body types, it's a good thing. But where is the line between body positivity and promoting unhealthy behavior? Because it gets to a point where the weight becomes unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And where where should where should the line be, or should there be a line? It's a good thought. And then every every semester, this is what comes up. So it's a good question. What do you all think? I don't think that it's necessarily promoting unhealthy behavior. I think it's just being able to find beauty within yourself. Um, whether that be physical beauty or um, like just like whatever, whatever else we would call beauty that's not physical. Can't really think of the term right now, but I don't think it's necessary like, oh, you are extremely overweight and you don't eat healthy um, and that's beautiful. But it's that you as a person are still beautiful despite your body shape, your body type. Um, the color of your skin, the size uh, pants that you wear. I don't think it's necessarily like glorifying unhealthy behaviors, but just saying like everybody should feel beautiful in their own skin. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, I think the line should be when it's negatively impacting their health. I don't think we should be like... Uh, saying that, yeah, it's okay, um, just keep going as you are if they're, like, going to fall over and, like, not be able to get up mm -hmm. just because, like, their body can't handle their weight. I, I think at, like, at one of those times like, that, like, we shouldn't be encouraging that. Mm -hmm. It's the same with being too skinny, too. So right. Mm -hmm. so. right. Got to find a happy medium. And which is different for everybody. For your body. Exactly, because there's different body structures. Um, if, if you just take, for example, like my body type and then one of my sister's friends who is a literal twig, like she is built that way and I'm not a literal twig. So like putting us together and saying we should be at the same weight is not healthy, but it's, it, I, I agree that it should be where 
where it is healthy for each person, like with height, age, weight, like all of that <clears throat> playing into it. Which I think partially um, we need to change within like the medical field because like uh, <laughs> my voice just gave out on me. Uh, like doctors will BMI is one of the most inaccurate ways to um, talk about like health because um, all it takes into factor is your height and your weight. It's like okay, well you're five seven and you're this many pounds you're unhealthy it's like well also how is that weight distributed um how much of it is muscle how much of it is water weight mm -hmm. um how much of it is actually fat uh, so i think that's part part of the body positivity movement is like i've been told i was overweight since i was like eight years old even though looking at pictures of me as a kid I was I was just on the chubbier side but I was also tall mm -hmm. so my weight and my height contributed to me being considered overweight um, due to like on like BMI scales uh, those BMI is one of the most inaccurate ways to judge um, health there are much more accurate ways um, nowadays to do that, um, like fat content machines. They're weird. Don't really remember what they're called. But I definitely understand the aspect of, like, we should not be glorifying, like, like you guys said, we should not be glorifying unhealthy habits. But I think the idea of body positivity movement is men and women who even if they are on, they're extremely overweight and unhealthy. Like you said, maybe like they get up, they fall and they cannot get up because they are so overweight. They should still, we should not be saying like, oh, you're ugly and you're fat. That's that's kind of the idea from, from me personally, what I feel from the body positivity movement is the idea that every person should feel beautiful in their own skin, even if they are unhealthy, they should still feel beautiful. Um, and the idea is being able to support each other and say like, hey, you're overweight, but you're still beautiful because you are a, cre you are a creation of God. You are his son and or his daughter, and I'm going to love you because you are beautiful and you were uh, made by our Heavenly Father who created you to be beautiful and to be in his image. Uh, but we still have to maintain ourselves because we want to be able to live a long, healthy life on this earth to spread his word, to do as he wants us to do. But I don't think it's necessarily going hand in hand, um, feeling beautiful, but also it's not glorifying um, unhealthy habits. I think those are two very different things that I think people are uh, mistaking between the body and the body positivity positivity movement. Um, but I think it's definitely more about just being able to start to feel beautiful within your own skin. I think we have some concentric circles here in our conversation, right? We have, we're like 
floating in the category of what is beauty. Mm -hmm. uh, we're floating in a category of what is healthy. Um, and they overlap in the middle somewhere. Um, but then there's also like this Venn diagram of this other circle of who gets to talk about what and who gets to tell me about what, like who gets to tell me about my beauty versus my health and who gets to speak to my health, who gets to speak to whether I'm beautiful or not. Like that, that is now another overlap, right? Mm -hmm. So like that line might be different for different people, like in my life, who gets to tell me about whether the way I live is beautiful, the way I take care of myself is beautiful or not, right? Like, or uh, who gets to tell me, man, like, it's just not healthy. Like, um, if one of you looked at me and were like, hey, like, you could change that stuff. Like, that's not, <laughs> you could try that. Uh, but like, you could, um, but like one of you did that, uh, I probably would not care what you said, right? Because you don't know me. You don't know that, you don't know that two years ago I was at almost 300 pounds and that I've worked my butt off quite literally uh, over the last two years uh, to get down to where I am now, right? But if you looked at me at a, like on any scale versus like a BMI maybe, like I'm still overweight based on BMI, but like that doesn't, you have no idea that, but my wife, can look at me and go, That's there's still some unhealthy habits there. You can fix that, right? Like she knows that. So she has that access. So I think that line could also be determined by like, do you have the right to talk to me about about that? Right? Like instead of just random people who could speak into like whether I'm beautiful or not. But uh or whether I'm healthy. Like that those are two different categories. It's apples to oranges, but they do overlap. I think there is an overlap. And then there's a, a third circle of who gets to say it and who gets to speak that over me um, and determine whether I'm beautiful or healthy or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting conversation that could, like there's, there's like you, we could go, we could, we could put a whole class together to talk about, uh, about this issue and about beauty and about who gets to determine that, what is it even. Um, that's a very interesting conversation. What are some other topics that came up? If we would, if we wanted to throw one more out on the table before we move into the second half of the course or the class time, what is one that stuck out to you for what reason? Anybody down there would be great. <laughs> I feel like I never hear you all. And yet I direct it toward you every time. I don't know. Anybody? We just agree with everything. So. Good job. Good job. All right. Yes, Becca. <laughs> um, hey, one that there was two that really made me upset. That was like really people really really say that. One of them is yes, but you're the good one. That one frustrates me so much. Like, I've never heard somebody say it. I know for a fact probably somebody's heard it said or said towards them. Really? That's, I'm conservative. Oh, you're a good one. That's, that's, like, I was like, that's so mean. Like, they like, no, like, 
It's like they're trying to compliment you, but then they're putting down the whole way you're made up. It's such a, like, a backhanded compliment. That one really hurt me, and then the ones where it's like, I've never owned a slave. Like, if somebody's talking about, like, their family, Who's and then they're like, and then somebody's like, well, why do we have to talk about this? I've never owned a slave. And I was like, okay, but it's still something that happens. Like, it's still something that affects so many people. Like... I've heard those both of those statements said on many occasions. And that separate hurts me. Like if somebody said that I'd be like, um, can we please talk about this? Because there's something wrong here. <laughs> You know, I think that is like what's so interesting is like some of these like as kind of like just what you were saying, Becca, like I'm reading some of these like I've never heard this before. Oh, I can't believe like this is something people say or like what is considered common that people say. It could be like maybe in certain areas or certain, you know, like people say it more often depending on different situations. But I think it's still kind of eye opening that like these things are brought up and that like you would think like right off the bat, like kind of like Be what Becca was saying, like, oh my gosh, I would never say this. Like, this is awful. Like, why would I ever say this to somebody? But then it kind of opens your eyes to like, yes, this is being said. This is something we should address and like something we should fix inside, like how we speak to people or like when we see these things being said that like we address them properly and know that how they're interpreted and like how they're interpreted wrongly. Sure. Like, yeah. yeah. And I think like, I think I don't remember which one of you said it, but one of you said like that that so that these are common statements. Not all of thirty-five of these are really, really common. It's not like everybody's saying this. How how did I not know that? You know, like some of them are less common than the others, right? And but it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Like because you don't have never heard it doesn't mean it doesn't get said about people, right? Like uh, I think last week a bunch of the papers talked about especially where we have um like it's just it's, it's another example of any a number of these statements that even though it's not common to you doesn't mean it's not being said right or just because you've never heard it said doesn't mean it doesn't get said to people a lot so that that applies to all of these situations and just because you are not offended by it doesn't mean it's not offensive to somebody right or doesn't mean that it's not hurtful to another person. Um, and it's always a good reminder of that because there are a lot of these statements that I have said, not with obviously the good intentions behind it and didn't realize how hurtful it was. And I, I have had to constantly come back to this in these types of conversations and go, oh, I didn't know that that was hurtful. And I've had to make those choices again, just like we said, like every time this keeps, this gets brought up for one of us, we each have to have a choice in that moment to go, okay, uh, I I know I had good intentions, but I also didn't know that it hurt you. And I did not want that. <laughs> you know, like my intention was never to hurt somebody. Um, and for a lot of these statements, uh, whether it is a statement that is hurtful for friends of mine of color or whether it's um, hurtful to um, I, there are a few women in my life that I have said, like, if I ever say something that is hurtful to you, I obviously don't ever have an intention to be hurtful. But if I do say something, like, I've given them permission to speak that and say that to me. Like, please tell me that that was not okay. And because I, I want to learn to be better to for my friends. And I have some friends of color that I've told and I've given them that safe space to say, 
if I ever say anything that's out of line or hurtful, like, please highlight it for me because I don't want to say those things. Like, highlight that. Like, literally almost take the highlighter. That's what we do when we highlight in our books. We are thinking things that I want to stick out. So make this stick out to me. Um, and, I mean, it's been, I think I already told you that story, like, driving, right? Mm -hmm. And my wife was like, oh, well, why'd you assume that? I don't know why I assume that. That's... I don't know why I assume that. Like, why did I assume that it would be a girl driving that was cutting me off? So, um, but those types of things, like challenge my assumptions, challenge my statements that I just get used to saying. Um, and just because they're not common to me doesn't mean that they aren't common to other people who are experiencing these things a lot. Um, all right, let's move toward a couple questions that you have written. Anybody want to throw one out? Yeah. So in the one about uh, I Never Owned Slaves, in the impact at the end, it says, people of color usually see this for what it is, a way for white people to avoid acknowledging that racism still exists today and not to accept their part in perpetuating it. Is she saying that people of color don't, uh, aren't, aren't racist and that white people are solely responsible for racism? I actually had that same question. Anybody want to? I asked that a long time ago. Is that what she's saying? Anybody think that's what she's saying? Anybody feel that that's what she's saying? Well, actually, like, not this week. Like, a couple weeks ago, I asked a question about the same thing. Like, she always says it's white people doing, you know, the bad acts of racism or whatever. Not saying that we don't do that, but I'm just right. saying in general, I feel like a lot in a lot of ways she always says it's, like, white people doing, like, you know, saying those type of statements, whereas, like, I know a lot of Mexicans that are racist. You know, like, I know a lot of other people of color that are racist. So it's like, I mean, I kind of, I don't know. I just, like, I like this question because I was thinking the same thing. Like, I think a lot of the time she just goes to, like, white people that are racist. But, like, I don't know. I mean, I believe this statement just generally, in my opinion, um, correlates specifically with white people. Like, especially, like, in this statement in America is, a, like, you're not going to say to a person who's Hispanic, like, or a, someone who's Hispanic will most likely never say, well, I never owned slaves, because that's not a situation, that's not contextual in America, like, that doesn't, that wouldn't, that statement wouldn't make sense, you'd be like, okay, cool, like, it, it just wouldn't make sense, so this, this dumb thing, I think, specifically correlates straight to like white people in America and that's why I think she says it I don't think that she's saying only white people are racist I 100% don't think that's something that she's saying um, because anybody can be racist towards any group um, but this statement specifically goes towards white people in America because that is American history like America was built on the backs of slaves. Yeah, I don't agree that it's just white people, though, because Middle Easterners own white people, too, and then Mexicans own white people, and yeah. Africans own other Africans, so I just don't see that it's just white people. Yeah, but, like, in the context of saying this statement in America. I mean, there are people who come here from everywhere, so I still don't understand that. So, I don't know. But to get to more to your question, because I think... I think you're drawing a really good question out of that statement, right? Like, mm -hmm. like the statement is a statement, and it's that it's a chapter in the book. But I think your question gets us in a good direction of 
Um, I mean, what, I think there's a few questions in what you're asking, right? Like, um, are only white people racist, right? And is that what she's saying, or it, or is that even true? Um, regardless of what she's saying, um, let's answer that question because that's a yes or no question, right? Yeah. So that should be easy enough for us all to give a yes or no answer. One, two, three. <laughs> no. Okay. Is that is that everyone's answer? Right. Not only white people are racist. Yeah. That's. Or right. right. Yeah. Yes. Right. yes. That is correct. Yeah. We all agree with what you were saying currently. Okay. <laughs> it says uh, that to not accept their part in perpetuating it. So does that mean right. that like no, all white question, people, right. all white people perpetuate racism? And are whites the sole reason why racism exists in America? Those are a lot of questions that we're assuming she's saying, right? Is she saying any of those? Like, I mean, not directly, not, not, not overtly, right? We know that that she's not. She didn't literally write that. All white people are racist, or that only white people are racist, and she didn't say that only white people perpetuate. Um, but in this statement, she's challenging one specific race, which happens to be white people in their perpetuating of racism. Um, well, let's be, let's always be careful in all of our reading, right? Not to apply a blanket understanding of what we think to her understanding. Cause she, again, is writing a very short book to try to get topics out there, right? She doesn't unpack all of everything in this book. Um, that being said, there are things that we're thinking here and we have to challenge ourselves to see like, well, then what are the implications? Are we, would we imply then that all, uh, only white people are racist? And I think we all were trying to say no uh, <laughs> in, that in that answer. Um, if that's the case though, when we talk about perpetuating, because that's a different question, mm -hmm. um, what, how do we perpetuate racism? And if we are perpetuating it, how do we not? By not talking about it, we're perpetuating it. Okay, that's one way I think. Like if we just, like, yeah, avoid it altogether, that is for sure. Like things grow in the dark when you don't look at them, right? For sure. Forget, don't forget. Okay, tell me what you mean. Um, some things can be made worse by keep talking about it, I guess. Okay. So like, if we realize it's happened and we don't forget it, but we forget, mm -hmm. or like other people forget what happened, it can go away slowly. Okay. And, and that's how we, are you proposing that that's how we would get rid of racism? And defining forgiveness being the right to retaliate. That, like, when you think of the Holocaust and you think of the Germans and the Jews and German Jews, um, the way that healing was brought to that country, slowly but surely, was they, they do avoid talking about it. They, they completely avoid it. And it's, like, taboo to talk about the Holocaust in Germany. But 
for the Jews, they saw that, like, Hitler and the Nazis, they were the ones, not the general public of Germany, that were doing the oppressing. And though the German people didn't do what they could to stand up to that, and they should have, they were not the ones being racist in that instance. It was Hitler and those under Hitler who were putting them in concentration camps. And it is something that we should never forget, but that we should, we should forgive because forgiveness is the beginning of reconciliation. You can't have reconciliation without forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So then, can we, can we get rid of racism? Good, I don't think it's going to happen though. Well, that's two different answers. <laughs> I hope so. But I don't know. Because. How would we do it? I don't know. You can't necessarily change the I, I think we could, but that would have to, like. Okay. So, my high school right now just had, for the second year in a row, just had a, like, culture day where, like, the whole thing was you didn't go to classes or anything, it was on a Friday. And you got to get a better understanding of people different people's culture. And it did actually help our, because um, we had a high five rate because we're a total high school. Um, and okay. they have she we have so many different cultures at our school that like we had a we had a high, high fight rate. Like my freshman year we had 15 fights on campus. Um, and so for the second day in a row, I mean the second year in a row, so my senior year they started it and then this year they've been having a culture day to help the understanding. I think we could if people were willing to get a better understanding of other people's, like where other people come from and all of that. But are people are really going to take the time to actually make that step and actually do their research on different people's cultures and actually talk to them like a normal human? Because a lot of a lot of people they're like, oh, my culture has always been against your culture, so why should I have to understand? It's a lot of steps to ask of so it could everyone, happen. everyone to do. Yeah, it could happen, mm-hmm. but everybody would kind of have to come to agree and that that would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. You can't necessarily make everybody do a particular thing that they don't agree to. You can't really change everybody's mind. That's the hard part about it. Mm-hmm. The only person you can change is yourself. You can't make anybody else do Can it. I become... Not racist. Well, it depends on your definition of racist. I guess it does. Because if racist is defined as believing that your race is better than another race, then that seems like a pretty logical fix. People. You think think it'd be a logical fix? A lot of logical fixes I could propose. To our world. That is true. (laughs) But if you define racism as a social structure that people are perpetuating into, I think that's what what, um, 
Colin is trying to say, because mm -hmm. like the perpetuating thing, then I have no idea how you would fix that because it takes it away from the individual belief to a group think and group think, I don't know, it just, it, there's always going to be someone that is going to believe that they're better than someone else because of any host of things. So it really, it has to come down to the individual level because okay. That was my question. Can I be not racist? You can be not racist, but I don't think you're just going to be able to get rid of racism in the world entirely because there are naturally hateful people who truly hate other people for something like their race or gender, and you can't do anything about those kinds of people. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm asking it. That's why I'm trying to make it as individual as I can, right? Because like to ask, can we ever get rid of racism? You have to watch everybody's eyes go, I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And then like, I hope, but I don't know if it's gonna happen. Like, so then let's let, okay, then everybody, and then we were like, well, in the individual. I was like, all right, well then let's look at the individual. Let's look at me, for example. Like, can I be, come not racist? Um, because if I'm racist. Uh, if I, I think if I'm honest with you, I, I am. I am. If I, based on my definition, if we wanted to unpack that some other time, right, based on what I understand racism to be, I have racist thoughts in my head and I have racist statements that I make. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have my, I wouldn't surround myself with friends to call me out and say, man, let's not do that anymore. <laughs> like, let's not say it like that anymore, right? But I, I, a person who is trying really hard not to think racist things, say racist things, I'm actually trying not to, and I still don't think I have. And what is your definition? Well, on that, we are at three minutes before you're supposed to be out, and I told you I'd let you out for early, so <laughs> um, that's not fair to everyone else. But, um, but, I, but with that being the case, with that being the case is... Um, I, I do see that stuff in me, though, right? Um, and I think there's a difference. I'll leave you with this, and you can think about it as you leave. Uh, but I think there's a difference between saying that I am not a racist person, which I think is false, and saying I am anti-racism, which is a proactive stance of life. Like, I will do everything I can to be against racism. And that's, that's, a different, that's a different approach to life. That's a different approach to conversation. That's a different approach to relationships. That's a different approach to the systems that we live in, right? For me to go, well, I will do everything I can to be against and to be anti-racism. But I know that within me, I have racist things that I'm still learning. Like I'm still learning to challenge those, right? So there's a difference there. And that is a very different motivation for life. All right. Uh, so those are still old? Yes? Yeah. Okay, keep those piles separate uh, and turn the other ones in. Grab them. I'll see you all in